Welcome to this episode of the We Travel There podcast. We're in Tbilisi, Georgia, with my good friend Paul McDougall of Travelness.com. He's a full-time travel writer that lives in Georgia for many months, and he loves going hiking in the local mountains with dogs from a nearby shelter. In this episode, Paul and I talk about the sulfur baths in the Abanatubani district, going for a walk at Turtle Lake, and exploring the historic Old Town, a UNESCO World Heritage Site. You hear about these three amazing experiences and so much more. If you know someone interested in visiting Georgia, I'd love it if you shared this episode with them. The show notes and our one-page guide to Paul's tips are available at wetravelthere.com forward slash Tbilisi. Now let's get started. The We Travel There podcast helps you travel like a local by interviewing guests from around the world to uncover the hidden gems of their city by finding out the best things to do, eat, drink, and see from a local's point of view. Acorns is one of my favorite apps because it helps me invest spare change automatically. Every time I make a purchase with a registered debit or credit card, the transaction is rounded up to the next dollar. Then, Acorn invests these roundups in my personalized portfolio. Plus, when you shop at participating retailers or service providers, you can earn additional found money to invest in your future. Examples of current and previous partners include DoorDash, Liberty Mutual, Macy's, and FedEx. I've been using Acorns for years and love how much money I've saved up from all these small investments. Sign up using my referral link at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns to start saving today. Hey, Paul, welcome back to the show. Hello, Lee. Thank you for having me again. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I'm really excited to talk to you again because last time you were traveling throughout Europe and we were talking about Newcastle. And today you're actually in Newcastle and we're talking about Tbilisi, Georgia. So it's, it's kind of like a, a flip-flop on, on the, the locations there. Yeah, there's some sort of strange irony, isn't there? Uh, last time we recorded one of these, I was in Georgia talking about Newcastle, and now I'm in Newcastle talking about Georgia. I don't know what that says about me or my personality or my habits, but there you go. That's awesome. Well, the good thing is that you know a lot about both locations. I know you write a lot of content for Traveless about you know these really in-depth guides for these cities around the world. And so really excited to have you on and talk about you know, some of your tips for Tbilisi. Thank you. So what's your connection to, to Georgia? Like, why were, you, why were you there and and what kept you there for so long? The answer to that question is quite a long one. So my connection to Tbilisi is that I lived there for almost an entire year. But the journey that took me, it sounds so pretentious, but the journey that took me to live in there is a much longer one. So I first visited Georgia about seven years ago, something like that. And the reason I went to Georgia is because two of my favorite things to do when I travel are hiking and hitchhiking. And I heard that Georgia was amazing for both of those things. So I went to Georgia for a month and I spent a month hiking and hitchhiking in the mountains. And I absolutely fell in love with the country. I only spent about one or two days of that time in Tbilisi. So I didn't fall in love with Tbilisi as a city then, but I fell in love with the country. And then a a year or two later, I went back for maybe two or three weeks again. And again, I fell in love with it. So I said to myself, okay, one day I'm going to come live in Georgia. And the natural place to go and live in Georgia is Tbilisi because it's the capital. So then two years ago, around two years ago, I decided to finally do the thing that I said I was going to do. And I went to live in Tbilisi. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, I, I lived in Southern California almost my entire life. And then five years ago, I moved here to, to Nashville. And that was scary, just moving from California to, to Tennessee. I can only imagine <laughs> crossing borders and living in, you know, and living in a country that honestly, most people couldn't even find on the map, right? 
usually when I tell people uh, I've lived in Georgia, because I've lived in Georgia a couple of times, and usually when I tell people, they say, oh, the state. And I say, no, the country. And they say, where's that? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, like I know Georgia was in the news like many years ago, and it was one of those things I, I, I didn't even realize. I'm like, what are you talking about? There's a country named Georgia? So, <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> so it is one of those things. For, for people that aren't familiar with the country, I know it's in Europe, but can you tell us like, like, kind of where is it in relation to like some of the more well-known countries in, in Europe? Yeah, so if you imagine where Russia is and where Turkey is, it sits basically between them. And it borders those two countries and it also borders Armenia and Azerbaijan. Okay. Yeah. So, so obviously we're, we're talking about Eastern Europe, uh, as far as that goes, like I said, you know, I live here in Nashville and if I want to come visit Georgia, how would I get there? You know, most likely it's going to be a, a stopover somewhere like in London or Madrid or something like that along the way, I would assume. Right. Yeah. The direct flights are pretty limited. So very, very recently, just a few days ago, I flew back to England and I had to make a stopover. A lot of people stop in Turkey. A lot of people come through Turkey. Some people come through, depending on which direction you're going in, obviously some people come through Dubai. A lot of people come through Poland as well. But in terms of direct connections, it can be a little bit limited. Okay. That makes sense. And do some of like the major airlines like American and Delta fly there or is it primarily more of like the European airlines that are flying to, uh, to Tbilisi? That is a very good question, and I'm not sure of the answer to that because I haven't flown from outside of Europe. But usually when I fly in or out of Georgia, it's Turkish Airlines. With, with Air Flight in and out as well, but I'm aware they're also just a European airline. So in terms of like the really long haul outside of Europe stuff, I'm not 100% sure. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. Yeah, and I think that's the thing is for for Americans listening to the, to the show, the good thing is that like Turkish Airlines and some of these others – they're actually partners with some of the major airlines like American and Delta and United and everything like that. So even if the major airlines that we're familiar with here don't fly there, you can use some of their partners in order to be able to get to Georgia. And also, like I can only assume that it must be very easy for Americans to reach Georgia because when I was living in Tbilisi, I had lots of American friends who were also living in Tbilisi as well, and they were living there long term. So it couldn't have been difficult to reach there because they were all there, if that makes sense. Sure, sure. Now, uh, the, this question may be a little difficult for you to answer since you're, you're from, the, from the UK, but going into Georgia, is there a visa required or any sort of uh, shots or vaccine records? No. It's, so this, this is one of the biggest perks of visiting Georgia long term. And this is also one of the reasons that lots of people go to live in Georgia because many nationalities, including me and including you, can go to Georgia and stay in Georgia for one year with no visa. And then if you wanted to stay longer than that, hypothetically, you could do your year and then drive to Armenia for half an hour or something and then go back to Georgia and stay for another (laughs) year. And then in in terms of vaccinations, you don't need any major vaccinations to go there. I mean, any basic vaccinations, you want to go anywhere, you would need them. If you're a particularly cautious person, you might want to get your rabies vaccination because there is some rabies in Georgia. But I've spent a lot of time in Georgia and a lot of time in rural parts of Georgia. And I've never, like I haven't had my rabies vaccines updated. Sure, sure. Yeah. So just make sure that no stray dogs are biting you or anything like that. You'll be pretty good, right? Well, well, I mean, like there are lots of stray dogs in Georgia. And this is one of my favorite things about Georgia. I understand that it's not for everyone. Not many people look at packs of stray dogs and think, ooh, that's appealing. But I do because I love dogs. Yeah. So if you're all a bit scared of dogs, 
and you are a wary, cautious person, you might want to get your rabies vaccinations. <laughs> well, see, Paul, this is one of those things. Like, I knew I liked you from like the very first time we talked. I'm kind of that way too. Like, and sometimes when I go to a, like a party at somebody's house, I'd rather go pet the dog than talk to some of the people. Sometimes, oh mate, I am exactly <laughs> the same. Interactions with animals are so much simpler, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's get back to talking about the police. Okay, say we fly into the airport there. We obviously coming from the U.S. are going to make our stopovers and everything like that to get there. Once we get to the airport and we want to get from the airport to the city, is there public transportation? Do we take a? Do we rent a car? Do we take like Uber or some sort of ride share? Or how do we get around from the airport to the city and, and around to some of the attractions? There is uh, public transportation, but. Because the taxis are so cheap in Georgia, it's usually just best to get a taxi. Uh, so when you touch down at the airport, you can download Bolt onto your phone or Yandex, but Bolt is more popular. And from the airport to the city centre is going to cost you something between 25 and 35 Larry, um, which is between around 10 or $15. So that's by far. The, I'm the sort of person who prefers to take public transport all of the time, but because it's so cheap and because taxis are everywhere and because you can use an app, uh, it's best and easiest just to use a taxi. Sure, sure. And so speaking of that, when, when you're talking about uh, using you know, some of the foreign currency there, or local currency, do we need to exchange some money? Are credit cards widely accepted? Or how does that work? When you're in the city of Tbilisi, credit cards are widely accepted. The vast majority of the time I pay by card. If you go to the rural areas outside of Tbilisi, you'll absolutely need cash. But in the city itself, pretty much all venues will accept cards. The only exceptions are if you want to go to like the actual local markets where people sell fruits and vegetables and all those sorts of things. If you go there, you'll need cash. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. Now, like, like, say you get a taxi, and you know, obviously, you're you wanted to tell them where you want to go to your hotel or your Airbnb or wherever you're staying. What's the language like as far as like being able to to speak with like the taxi drivers and other locals? Do they understand English, or do we need to learn some of the language, or how does that work? So the native language is Georgian, uh, and Georgian bears absolutely no relation to any other language on the planet. And I'm not just saying that as an ignorant foreigner, like even local people will tell you that it's a really, really unique, really strange language. And I mean that in the nicest possible way. What you will usually find is that people who are around 30 or under in Tbilisi, not across the whole country, but in Tbilisi, will speak Georgian and either some English or a lot of English. Anyone who's 40 or over will speak Georgian and Russian. So... The type of people who are usually going to be driving you around in a taxi are usually going to be older guys. So if you can speak Russian, you can interact with them. If you can't speak Russian, then you've just got to get by with hand gestures and looking at Google Maps and that sort of thing. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, it's one of those things like you have have your reservations on your phone, have them printed out, whatever. And you exactly. Just kind of point to, <laughs> point to something on the, on the piece of paper <laughs> on your phone and go, this is where I want to go. I mean, it, like if you do use Bolt or Yandex or whatever... Obviously, you plug your destination into that app, and that app has a map, and the driver uses the map to find the destination. So you're never really going to get into any trouble. And also, Georgian people are very, very helpful. Um, so they're not just going to leave you stranded in the middle of some street somewhere. They are <laughs> going to help you out, and they are going to get you to, the, to your destination. Nice, nice. Okay, so when we're thinking about where to stay, are there certain parts of the city that are better than others, or any place we need to kind of avoid if we're if we're booking a hotel? Uh, I would just stay in the old town 
So the yeah, the old town is where you're going to find most of the tourist attractions, most of the nice restaurants, most of the things that you want to see. I would recommend staying there. That's the best place if you're going to be around short term. Another popular option if you're going to be around short term is a district called Marjanishvili, which is just over the river from the old town. And it's sort of like people refer to it as like sort of the Turkish quarter or whatever, but it's not. It's like there are some Turkish restaurants and Middle Eastern restaurants and some Turkish people and Middle Eastern people, but it doesn't feel vastly different to the rest of the city. But it's it's a little bit more, slightly more residential than the old town. Okay, so it's a little bit more like a like a more like a suburbs where the locals are living versus like the downtown where it's more business and and tourists. A little bit, yeah, and also. One of the big reasons people go to Mojanishvili is because there's a very famous venue, which is called Fabrica. And it's sort of a bit of everything. It's a hostel and a co-working space and a place where it's like a big courtyard with lots of like bars and cafes and stuff. And the hostel itself is super popular and people love it. So that's one of the major reasons people go to stay in Mojanishvili when they go to Tbilisi. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. I think it's, especially like somebody in your situation where you're traveling solo and, you know, you're probably not that concerned about the accommodations. You can go something like that where you could, it's a hostel and you're good. Like when I'm traveling, a lot of times I'm traveling with my kids or my wife. Do you have any recommendations for a hotel that's not really like a hostel? It's something a little bit more accommodating for like a family. There's a place that I, I haven't personally stayed there, um, but it's in the centre. It's just just outside of the old town, but like a five or ten minute walk away or something, called Stamba, S-T-A-M-B-A. And that's really popular for anyone who wants a little bit of luxury, but also quite a genuine experience and people who are travelling with their kids. Oh, perfect. Okay, that sounds good. Okay, so now now we have our hotel and we have a you know we, we dropped off our bags and everything. What are some of the best things to do in Tbilisi that we that we shouldn't miss? Oh, there are so many, so many. So the first thing I would recommend is just um, just wandering around the old town. So there are lots of like specific attractions that you want to see and lots of specific things you want to do. But if you just if you just wander around the old town. I don't know, it's just a really lovable part of the city. So there's lots of, there's a mishmash of architecture. There's lots of like little kooky venues. There's lots of like strange things to see. I, I don't know, it's, it's hard to describe. It's got a charm that not many other cities I've been to have. So if you just wander around that area, that's the first thing that I would recommend. That's really cool. Yeah, uh, from what I was doing a little research, I guess that whole area is kind of a, a UNESCO heritage site, which is, just awesome. Just basically, you know, especially if you're trying to collect some of those on your, you know, on your, uh, get those notches on your belt. You're coming from, from America where you got the wide streets and like busy cars everywhere and, and asphalt and stuff like that. What I like, uh, from what I saw is that there's, it's like that old school, like narrow streets and like winding alleyways and like really colorful houses. You just can't find that anyplace else. Yeah. That's what it feels like. So it's, it's got like a really old school charm, like somehow, I didn't do a very good job of describing it before, but you somehow feel like you're stepping back into the past somehow. So there's like cobbled streets, narrow alleyways. Like I lived there for almost a year and still sometimes I'd be walking down the street and there'd be some little tucked away alleyway. And I'd think, oh, I've never explored that before. I've never even seen that before. So it's like a little maze of tucked away venues and tucked away streets and tucked away architecture. That's just lovely to explore by just walking around in an aimless direction. Within that kind of old town area, there's a couple of different attractions or places that you should go visit. Uh, there's a fortress, there's a church, there's a cathedral. There, there's some really historic buildings that seem like really interesting to go visit. 
Yeah, so there are what you'll find when you wander around is lots of different little churches and stuff. But the main two places that I would recommend going to, uh, the first one would be the Bath House District, Abanotabani. Abanotabani. I always mispronounce that, and I've probably mispronounced it right now as I've said it on this podcast <laughs> that everyone's going to be listening to. Um, but that's like an an old bathhouse area. So you know, like say if you go to Turkey, for example, and they have lots of bathhouses, Georgia. It doesn't have such a big culture of that, but it does have a culture of that. Um, and Georgian bathhouses are a little bit different to Turkish bathhouses. But very close to the old town, there's a part of Tbilisi where there's lots of those bathhouses. And some of them are quite ornate and pretty. Other ones are really basic and rudimentary. But the whole area has little dome roofs. I'm not sure if that's like an architectural thing or that's like some sort of practical measure to keep the baths hot or whatever. But there's lots of little baths in that area and it's a nice place for a little wander around. If you follow that district around to the back, you'll find a little waterfall in the city centre, which is a bit unusual. And if you want to go to a particular bathhouse, I recommend bathhouse number five. It's literally called bathhouse number five. And it's just a bit more traditional, a bit more basic, a bit more old school. And it gives you like the real bathhouse experience, if that makes sense. Yeah, that's one of the areas I recommend uh, going to. The second place I recommend going to uh, is a place called Tatsminder, which is a park that overlooks the city. Uh, you can take like a funicular up there or you can just walk up there. gives you nice views of the city. It's pretty. There's a little restaurant up there where you can get the nicest hot chocolate I've ever had. And I don't even like hot chocolate. Um, <laughs> and, if, and if you're looking for a sort of outdoorsy style adventure, but without going too far away from the city, you can go up to Tatsminder and then you can follow trails around to a place called Turtle Lake. And that's a lake which is high above the city and also has nice views of the city. Once you walk through the Turtle Lake, you can then take a cable car down to a residential district called Vake, and then you can walk from there back to the city centre. So there you go, Lee. Yeah, you got like a whole day planned out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> when I was like, when I was looking at that, uh, that Turtle Lake seems such a like a, such a cool experience. One, the water looks like an amazing like turquoise from like the picture I saw. That it's almost like it's something you'd expect when you're out of like in, in the Bora Bora or something like that. I think you've been slightly lied to by Photoshop there, Lee, if I'm oh. entirely honest with you. So it, it, it is nice and it is pretty, but I think whatever picture you've seen has made it look slightly nicer than it is in reality. Yeah. So ladies and gentlemen listening to the show, don't always believe what you what you see on the internet, apparently. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. But also like just from a, from a dad perspective, the, the fact that there is like a whole colony of turtles in that lake it's something I think my kids would really enjoy. Yeah, so like, so I've, I have heard this. I've never actually seen uh, turtles in it. I have seen turtle turtles close by on some of the trails and stuff, but I've never actually seen turtles in there. So they must be hiding uh, in the murky depths of the water. Doing <laughs> yeah. a very good job of hiding in the depths of the water. Well, sure, sure. Let's see. Also, another thing when I was looking, there's this thing called the, the Chronicle of Georgia, which apparently is like this really big monument that somebody just, did it, and they stopped halfway in constructing it. Yes, yeah, so the, the Chronicle of Georgia, it's quite unusual. If you like unusual things, you should definitely go and see it. And it's it's not far from the centre of the city at all. You can even access it by metro and then a, a little walk. 
but it's completely sort of removed from any other tourist attractions. It sits, it's quite isolated and it sits high on a hill above Tbilisi Reservoir, which is actually called Tbilisi Sea, even though it's a reservoir. Uh, so from up on the Chronicle of Georgia, you get good views of the area, you get good views of the reservoir. And it's, how would I describe the Chronicle of Georgia? It's sort of like if someone made Stonehenge today, but then decided not to bother finishing it. And I, I quite like how it's I quite like how it's unfinished because it, that's sort of I feel like quite an accurate reflection of Georgian people. Like I love Georgian people; they're so lovely, they're so uh, hospitable, they're so friendly. But there is this very sort of European attitude in Georgia of like ah things are finished whenever they're finished, things are done whenever they're done. And I don't find it difficult to imagine that the guy who was building the Chronicle of Georgia one day just thought, eh, I'm going to go for some food instead of building this, and then never went back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as a homeowner, I will say that there are plenty of projects around my house that are like are in some stage of of completion. So, <laughs> so, so it's not that it's not that hard to imagine. I will say, <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> but you, you should visit, especially if you like strange stuff. And what's quite unique about the Chronicle of Georgia is it's like if you ever Google things to do in Tbilisi, blah, 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 it's always up there quite high on the list of things to do in Tbilisi. But whenever you go there or whenever I've been there, there are very few tourists. So even though it's quite a well-known tourist attraction, it never gets busy with tourists for some reason, if that makes sense. Well, I think it's kind of like on point, you know, it's like you add it to your list of things to do and you never get around to doing it. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, okay. Now we were talking about that, Obviously, if we're we're going to travel all the way to Georgia, right? Like we're not going to just stay in Tbilisi, the the city proper. There's also some things that you can do that are within a nearby drive, and I'm going to totally mess up this the name of this. Uh, so, Misketa, it's a I guess a historic town about 20 kilometers away. Mitzketa, yeah, Mitzketa. So I've probably uh, horrendously mispronounced that as well. But uh, so Mitzketa is really, really close to Tbilisi and you can easily get there by public transport. And it, it used to be the capital of Georgia. Now, obviously, it isn't the capital of Georgia because Tbilisi is. And it's just a nice, small city. Uh, they have a couple of interesting UNESCO sites. There's a cathedral there. There's also a monastery on a hill, and that's really pretty. And then it's just a nice place to like wander around and eat a little bit of food and all that sort of stuff. It sounds like a, like a perfect little day trip. You're already there. You, you just take carve out like some time in the afternoon and go over there and hang out for and explore for for a few hours. And you probably see all you need to see uh, in that time frame, right? That's ex- that's like the perfect description, Lee. You haven't been there. I have been there, and you described it better than me. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Yeah, you you spend like twenty minutes to get there in the car, or thirty minutes to get there in the car. You spend maybe four or five hours walking around, seeing absolutely everything there is to see, and then it's thirty minutes back to Tbilisi. A lovely, lovely day trip. Nice, nice. And now, like circling back to one of your original points about why you fell in love with Georgia, is. There's uh, some great hiking that's near Tbilisi as well, like in the Caucasus Mountains. Yeah, so up in the Caucasus Mountains, there is so much good hiking. So I could talk about this endlessly. If at any point it becomes boringly, please tell me to shut up. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, so the first, uh, like I said, the reason I went to Georgia in the first place was to go hiking. And there are lots of places to go hiking all around Georgia. But luckily for people in Tbilisi, some of the hiking is really accessible. So if you go north along the Georgian military highway for about 
two or two and a half hours from Tbilisi. And again, you can easily do this by public transport. You get to a town called Stepansminda in a region called Kazbegi. Uh, and around there, there are loads of hikes. You can hike to a glacier. You can do multi-day hikes. You can go to a church. It's called Gurgeti Trinity Church, as I'm sure what it's called. Yes, it is called Gurgeti Trinity Church. And if you've ever Googled like pretty pictures of Georgia or whatever, you will have seen a photograph of this church. It's one of the most picturesque churches in the world. And it sits high up on a hill. You can hike up to that. Or if you're feeling a bit lazy, you can just get a four-wheel drive, a person with a four-wheel drive to drive you up there. If people want to go hiking from Tbilisi, that's the place where they usually go. They usually go to Stepansminda. An option that I think is better is if you go in the same direction, along north, along the Georgian military road, uh, and just before... Just before Stephensminda, if you turn off right and follow a small road for about 10 or 15 miles, you get to a place called Juta, J-U-T-A, uh, and it's a tiny, tiny village with some lovely hiking routes. And you can do small hikes, you can do big hikes, but the popular hike there is to from the village of Juta to another village called Roshka. If you're looking for hiking that is slightly less popular than the popular stuff, I recommend doing that. Nice. That'd be great. Like hiking is awesome, you know, except for sometimes, you know, the trails get really packed and stuff like that. So finding some of those lesser known trails like you're talking about is great. As long as you bring some extra supplies and don't get lost and, and, uh, <laughs> you know, a bear runs out of the woods and, and, and tackles you or whatever. Right. I mean, I mean, they do have bears in Georgia, but n- none of the walks I've just described, including the one from Jutta Roshka, none of those walks are like really, really off the beaten track and they're all way marked and they're all signposted and they're all relatively popular. So Unless you like a total moron, I don't think you'll get into any trouble. <laughs> okay, that's <laughs> and, perfect. And, and another hiking tip for you, if, if you don't mind me giving you loads of hiking tips, this one is actually just on the outskirts of Tbilisi. There's a place called Lisi Lake. That's another lake. Just Well, it's is it in Tbilisi? Is it just outside of Tbilisi? I don't know. That depends who you ask. But anyway, you can go to Lisi Lake, and there's a ridge just north of Lisi Lake. And if you follow that ridge... Like some some people just go up there and do like a, a walk for a mile or two. But if you follow the ridge all the way, it takes you to some little towns and villages. And that's a really, really lovely walk. And if you like dogs, but don't want to get rabies because you're scared of getting rabies. If you keep following that ridge and look to your left, you'll see a little building. And it's called Dog Organization Georgia, D-O-G. Uh, And what they do is they rescue some of the city's strays and give them a little place to live. And if you want, you can go and meet the dogs, you can go and feed the dogs. Or even more exciting, you can just get a couple of dogs and take them on a walk for a few hours if you want to. So there's another hike and tip for you. Oh, that is so awesome. Like we always talk about here, you know, we have... We lost our dog and we were talking about adopting one, but we're not quite ready for that. But we, there are opportunities where you can just take dogs out of some of the shelters here and, and give them some f- fresh air and stretch their legs and everything like that. So that's really awesome. You can do that when, you know, on some of those hikes because I, I bet the dogs would really love it. Yeah, it's 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 so nice. Like, as I say, I love the street dogs in Georgia and I'm not scared of them in any way. Like I, when I was living, I used to go out and feed them every day. But if you're looking for something that is wholesome, but also slightly more like safe or sanitized or whatever you want to call it that's a really good option i'm going to give you one more hike and tip if you don't mind there's a place on the outskirts of tbilisi a little town called kajori and you so you can go to kajori and you have various walks you can do from there Uh, but one of the ones you can do is you can just take a bus to kajori and you can walk from kajori all the way back to tbilisi it'll take you like four or five hours 
but the whole walk's downhill. So it's quite an interesting way to return to Tbilisi, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and if it's all downhill, then it's pretty hard to find an excuse not to be able to do it, right? Exactly. We're right on. We're we're pretty much out of time as far as talking about Tbilisi, but I I I don't want to miss out on talking about some of the food. Can we do a couple rapid fire suggestions on, on some food places? Ooh, high pressure. Let's try it. So, where would we go for some like really classic food that you can only find in Georgia? There, there are lots of lovely foods in Georgia, but the two foods that they are most famous for. The first one is a thing called kinkali, uh, which are like, I mean, lots of nationalities have their own dumplings, but kinkali are Georgian dumplings and they're bigger than most dumplings. They can be filled with various fillings. Usually it's meat, but you can also get ones with cheese or mushrooms or potatoes. It's only about one type of filling at a time. And they have little knots on the top. You grab the knot, you put the kinkali in your mouth, you eat it. The best place, in my opinion, to get King Kali in Tbilisi is a place called Amo Rame. That's A-M-O space R-A-M-E. If you're only going to have one like traditional meal in Tbilisi, that's the one that I would recommend. The second dish that uh, Georgia is most famous for is a thing called Hachapuri. And basically that's just bread with cheese on it or in it. There's lots of regional variations. But if you're going to get Hachapuri, what I would recommend doing is just having a wander around the city, finding a bakery that has a long queue and going to that bakery for a basic hachipuri. In my opinion, the hachipuris you get from bakeries are better than the hachipuris you get from restaurants. And the less classy the bakery is, the better the hachipuri is, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. It's more like that home style. Yeah. Right on. And what would you say your favorite dish is uh, in, in Georgia? Like what type of food do you like the best? Oh, there's a lot of stuff, but at my I think what I'd be tempted to say is lobio. So it's quite a simple meal. It's just a bean stew. And you usually get it in like a, a sort of ceramic jar with some cornbread on top. And like, to be honest, like no matter where you get it, it always tastes pretty similar. So I wouldn't re- recommend any specific restaurant to get lobio. But any restaurant you do go to, if it's serving Georgian food, which it will, because the vast majority of restaurants in Tbilisi are Georgian restaurants, make sure you get a lobio. Nice. Yeah. Um, I saw this one restaurant called uh, Mapshalia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Mapshalia is, that's actually in Marjanishvili, the um, the neighborhood that I mentioned before. Mapshalia is, if you want a real, a real no frills Georgian meal where it feels more like a canteen than a restaurant, that's where you want to go. The food is very basic. The food is a bit too salty for some people. The food can be a little bit greasy. But if you want to feel like you're eating in a real local restaurant where there's no tourists and it's just other Georgians, that's where you want to go. Nice. What if we wanted a little more upscale uh, than like than that experience? Where would we go for that? Uh, it's interesting because there are like more and more sort of upscale places popping up in Tbilisi, but the one that I'm going to recommend is Shavi Lomi. Again, that's also in Marjanishvili by absolute coincidence. Shavi Lomi means black lion. And yeah, it, it's all Georgian food, similar to what you get in the less classy places, but just a little bit more elevated with a bit more of a twist and nicer service and all that sort of stuff. That's awesome. Well, Paul, I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing all these amazing tips for Tbilisi. I've learned so much and it seems like such a cool spot and I can't wait to come over there and pet some of those dogs. But now it's time for the final countdown. If somebody only had time for one meal when they visited Tbilisi, where should they go and what should they eat? They should go to Amorame and they should eat some Kenkali. Okay. And you lived in Tbilisi for you know, for a year and you came and visited back and forth numerous times. I'm sure during that time you created some awesome memories. What's one of the most memorable? 
I want to give you a story that is about Georgia and not about Tbilisi. Is that okay? Yeah. Okay, because I think this story gives you a, a reflection of how lovely and welcoming and hospitable Georgian people can be and usually are. So the first time I went to Georgia, I was, as I said, I was hitchhiking around and I was hitchhiking out of Kutaisi, which is the third biggest city in Georgia. And there were three places that I wanted to visit on the outskirts of Kutaisi. So I was standing on the side of the road and I had my hand out and I was waiting for a ride and a big coach, a big bus pulled up. And it was a bunch of kids on a field trip with their teachers. And being from England, I thought, like, of course, these people won't accept me because in England that would be perceived as a safety risk or whatever. But they were like, oh, no, come in, come in. And they invited me onto their bus. They gave me a packed lunch. And by absolute coincidence, they were going to the same three places that I was going to. And they just took me on their field trip. <laughs> that is so awesome. That's how lovely Georgian people can be. Yeah, I know in America, there, there's absolutely no way they would allow a hitchhiker on a bus with with our kids. You know, but that's one of the, the great things about traveling is that the the culture and the way they treat people are different in in every country, and and that's great that you had that that amazing memory. So so yeah, like people in people in Tbilisi because it's a big city aren't necessarily always as friendly as that, but people in Tbilisi are still super friendly. Yeah, one of the best things about going to Georgia is how hospitable people are, and I think that story just gives you paints a picture of that hospitality. Absolutely. So, uh, so speaking of good times and happy memories, uh, where's the happiest happy hour in, in Tbilisi? Please, if you're going to go for a drink somewhere, it should be a place called Sota Sota, T-S-O-T-A, space T-S-O-T-A. And that means a little bit in Georgian. And it's a craft beer place where they sell really good beer. And it's the type of place where you'll go with your friends, but you'll inevitably, meeting, you'll inevitably end up meeting lots of other people. And you get a few tourists there, but it's mainly locals. And it's surrounded by lots of other places to go eating and drinking. So it's a good place to start your night. Fantastic. Now, one of the things I always do whenever I travel is check out the local pizza. What's the best place for pepperoni pizza in Tbilisi? If you want, like deep dish american sloppy style pizza you want to go to ronnie's pizza if you want something a little bit more authentic and a little bit more italian style you want to go to a hole in the wall place called farina well just for just for the listeners i will actually go to both that way i can try, try them out <laughs> and figure out which one i will make that sacrifice i will do as, it. as the pizza expert i think you're best suited to doing that <laughs> right on now I know you write so many articles about just all these amazing cities around the world for travelness throughout the, the throughout your research and your and your personal travels. I'm sure you've amassed a lot of great travel tips. What's one of your best? I'm gonna say if you're gonna go to Tbilisi, don't just go to Tbilisi. Make sure you visit other parts of Georgia. Make sure you go hiking. Tbilisi is amazing, and there are lots of amazing things in Tbilisi, but the real beauty of Georgia is all the hiking, all the outdoor adventures, all the scenery, all the little villages. So if you have time, I know that not everyone has lots of time, but please don't go to just Tbilisi. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And also, I think just from a overall travel perspective, that you know, you can use that same mindset for, for wherever you're traveling, right? As, as great as some of these big cities are, if you go outside the, the the borders of the city and look at some of the other things that are within a short drive or even a short flight you know, of that major city, you're going to find really amazing experiences and food and people that you might not otherwise do if you just focus on that big city. But you're right. I, I always say this about everywhere that I go. I think last time we spoke when we were talking about Newcastle, I think I said exactly the same thing about Newcastle, but that is true for both Tbilisi and Newcastle. 
Well, fantastic. Well, again, thanks for coming on the show again. And I know we're, we're talking about actually having you come back a third time at some point in the future, uh, probably 2024. Can you tell the audience a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yep. I'm Paul McDougall. I'm a travel writer and digital nomad. I've been traveling for about 10 years and I've been a digital nomad for about seven years. And I write for a website called Travelness, travelness.com. That's T-R-A-V-E-L-N-E-S-S.com. And what we do is we produce travel guides you can trust. So we only write about places that either we've lived or that we've traveled in for more than a month. Well, absolutely. I, I know I've, I've read a lot of uh, the articles on, the, on your site and actually, you know, it comes up a lot when I'm doing some of my research for, for some of my episodes. So there's a lot of great information there. We'll definitely include links to uh, Travelness in, in the episode uh, show notes. If somebody has questions about Tbilisi, Georgia in general, or about Travelness, what's the best way to reach you on social media? The best way to reach me personally on social media is LinkedIn. Well, fantastic. We'll include links to that as well. Again, Paul, it's great having you on the show, and we look forward to seeing you when we travel there. Great. Thank you very much, Lee. Thank you. What an awesome conversation with Paul. I'm a huge animal lover, and I think it's so cool that he takes dog from a local shelter out for a day of hiking and adventure. You can find all the links we talked about today and our one-page guide to Paul's tips at wetravelthere.com forward slash Tbilisi. We want to say thank you to Acorns for being today's affiliate partner. With Acorns, you can invest spare change automatically on every purchase that you make. Plus, you can earn found money by shopping at participating retailers. This is a great way to easily build up your travel fund. For a limited time, when you sign up at wetravelthere.com forward slash acorns, we'll both earn $5. Join us next time as we speak with my new friend Ermi Hossein of myways.ca. In this episode, Ermi and I talk about hiking at Mount Royal Park, riding La Grande Rue Ferris Wheel, and touring the shrine and gardens at St. Joseph's Oratory. We hope you join us when we travel there. I'd love hearing your feedback about the show. Send me a tweet at We Travel There or email me at wetravelthere.com forward slash contact to share your thoughts. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and tell me what you like most. Make sure you follow us on your favorite podcast app. That way you won't miss any of our upcoming destinations. 